Ahoy there, me mateys. It be me, Captain Chessbeard. And this here be the Tuesday Night Podcast. Yarr. It's a special episode as we sail all about Pax Unplugged. Join Alan Gearding telling stories while he be on the road and joined in his hotel room with Sean McCoy, that jellyfish-boned landlubber. <laughs> Before we uh, hoist the anchor, raise the mizzen, and set sail, let me ask ye, have ye reviewed us on iTunes yet, me mates? How much written us? Have ye done a nave tonight's submission? Write us, podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. That be spelled with a K, <laughs> Also, why don't ye be following us on social media? We are at PlayTKG and all your Twitter, Snapchat, or Insta thingamabobbers. Anywho, let me shut up and let's get on with this here episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. <laughs> So I'm on my way to uh, the very first PAX Unplugged for Tuesday Night Games. This is the second PAX Unplugged they've ever had. It takes place in Philadelphia. We weren't there last year because last year in 2017, PAX Unplugged overlapped with BGGCon. But this year, like freaking idiots, we decided we would do both. PAX Unplugged and BGGCon. We're not sure what to expect. We don't know if it'll be more of a gaming convention or a video game convention because I think a lot of people think of PAX more as a video game convention. But this is PAX Unplugged. Unplug that television. As it is only the second year, we don't know if people are coming to play games or to buy games. No idea what the market will be. So we're flying by the seat of our pants. We're very underprepared. For instance, We didn't get any volunteers in advance. I try to get some of the usuals, Don Shroud, Sir Weenie, they're occupied. Although I was contacted by a knave whose name is Sean. And since Sean McCoy, business partner, best friend extraordinaire, is already going, well then, I can't have two Seans working the booth. So Shawnee Boy said he'd come and help us out. But I didn't plan anything long-term with Shawnee Boy because for all I know, he's a sociopath ready to slit our throats. Or for all he knows, it's the same situation reversed. Maybe I'll invite him to dinner and eat him for dinner. (laughs) Who knows? Point is, we're totally unprepared for this. It's just myself and Sean going. But I'm excited. I'm also excited because of Assassin. I get to get revenge on Isaac Vega for Shocks 18 in Vancouver and BGGCon in Dallas. Both of these locations he assassinated me. Although it's a little unfair to count Shucks because I didn't even know he was playing the game. It's supposed to be between myself and Lindsay Road. But here's the fascinating aspect. 
Lindsay recently contacted me just two days ago saying that Dog My Games is not going to PAX Unplugged, but Lindsay Road isn't going. But there's a big part of me that may not believe that, for maybe this is a whole ruse to try to get me off guard, so I won't be expecting her to be there. Oh, but trust me, Lindsay Road, and knaves, knights, and nobles alike who may be listening to this, my guard is fully up. I'm ready for whatever comes this way. Let's go back to how unprepared Tuesday Night Games is for PAX Unplugged. We're not bringing a whole bunch of product. We're out of World Championship Russian Roulette at this time. You probably can't even order any online until next year. I'm bringing a few leftover copies of Two Rooms in a Boom, and then I have a couple boxes of That's Not Lemonade, and of course we're bringing Sean McCoy's Mothership. And the adventure pack that goes along with it, Dead Planet. So hopefully we'll sell out of all of those things. We have no idea to, what to expect. For all we know, people may walk up and say, for what system is this game? Is this for Xbox, PlayStation? Is this a Switch? Can I download this online? Not even knowing analog. But I think I'm grossly underestimating the attendees. I'm actually pretty excited because what I'm hoping is that our games kind of are in that Venn diagram overlap of video game players and board game players so that we hit this lighter game type of market because our games are very accessible. World Championship Rush Room Let, That's Not Lemonade is a family-friendly game for sure. And even Two Rooms in a Boom, man, that game plays within 10 minutes. We're definitely not talking about sitting down and Euro games. But even Mothership and Red Planet, Sean designed these things with some amazing help from the ground up with, I believe, two things in mind. One, immersion. The reason we play role-playing games is to have an unforgettable memory and immersive experience with our friends. You are in a sci-fi horror, and I think that genre is underrepresented in the RPG world. The other thing I believe Sean had in mind when he designed Mothership and its rule set was ease of accessibility. You can create a character in less than five minutes and all the character creation is on one friggin' page. Whereas every other role-playing game I've ever played, there's pages and pages that explain how to fill out the ding-dang character sheet alone. So no idea what to expect. And this time, I crammed everything we need for the show in my little hatchback Honda Fit. So it's not even a van full of supplies. So we'll see if we even brought enough to justify going to the show. Can we make enough money to justify the show? Will we have fun? There's just two of us, so I'm gonna be shackled to the booth the entire time, which means I'm at a huge disadvantage when it comes to this assassin game because Isaac Vega, he's a playboy. He can do whatever he wants. He doesn't have to be working the booth. He's celebrity status. He can visit the Tuesday Night Games booth anytime he wants. And I'll always be there with maybe the rare bathroom break or if Shawnee Boy, the knave volunteer, doesn't end up removing all of my skin and making a dress out of it, maybe I'll have a little bit of relief at the booth. So my plan is I have to get Isaac before the show begins because, man, I can't leave that booth. And with only Sean and myself manning that booth, whew, 
my feet are gonna be sore, my voice is gonna be tired, and it's 10 hours a day, three straight days from 10 to six. I'm complaining at this point, but I'm really excited. I'm also excited because my friends at Shut Up and Sit Down are gonna be there. Matt Lees and Quentin Smith are gonna be in attendance, and maybe I'll get to hang out with them. And other designers like Jonathan Ying, and it's a traveling circus is really what it comes down to, and this is the last one of the year. Our next show, next big show, isn't until Origins, which is all the way at May, June. So this is it. I'm excited. All right. I'm just arriving at Philadelphia. Oh, man, this city looks old. Beautiful. I haven't been to Philadelphia since I was a preteen. I think I was 10 years of age. Back then, they had a games workshop, and that's when I walked in with my father and we saw all these Warhammer minis and my father really got into Warhammer 40k and dumped thousands of dollars into it. So pretty much for the next two years, my dad and myself played a crap ton of Warhammer 40k. In our garage, we had the big foam boards that we melted into terrain. I'm rambling, but I'm hoping that I'll get some chance to see a little bit of the city. I hope they have vegan options. (laughs) It's time for... The Assassin Update. Day one, which is more like day zero of PAX Unplugged. I come in on a Thursday via driving in my small car, and I unpack. Constantly tense because I know that the Plaid Hat Games booth is very near our own Tuesday night games booth. It's just over one row and down about 40 yards. I'm on high alert waiting for Isaac to strike at any point, keeping my back to the corner and being suspicious of anyone that comes near me. But there was nothing that happened. I never saw Isaac. He didn't see me. Fast forward. I get into the hotel. It's Thursday night. PAX Unplugged opens up Friday, 10 a.m., meaning we have to be in our booths and setting up as early as 9 a.m. I know that I have to get Isaac before that happens, because once again, I am shackled to my booth, unable to escape. I haven't met our volunteer Shawnee boy, and Sean, well, he has his own problems, which you'll hear about. Now, the reason that this recording you're listening to right now isn't live, on the road, or in our hotel room, as the other recordings are on this episode, is because when I do a live recording, I'm using my iPhone. But for this segment, I needed to read my text messages. Because I'm in my hotel room Thursday night, and I get a text from Isaac Vega. And this begins the next chapter in our assassin warfare. Text message baiting. fucking lied she is here and she just killed me that's what isaac texts me of course i'm on high alert i already stated that i thought maybe Lindsay was trying to pull the wool over her eyes and she actually was going and this whole canceling at the last minute not gonna be at pax unplugged was bullshit maybe isaac's lying maybe he's telling the truth but of course i'm going to err on the side of caution and assume he's lying Strategically, though, I don't want Isaac to know that I suspect him. So, of course, I have to pretend I'm falling into his trap. So I write, wow, sneaky, sneaky. So now you can help me kill her. His response. Well, then, 
Since she just left with her brothers, I guess I'm with you. However, she won't be back tonight. Again, remember, this is Lindsay Rhodes' hometown. That's why I'm doubly suspicious that Lindsay Rhodes wouldn't be there. In fact, little known fact about Lindsay Rhodes, PAX Unplugged was during her birthday weekend. So that's triply hard to believe that she wouldn't be there. And so Isaac does have some credibility here, and she does have a bunch of brothers. So he's really playing into my knowledge of Lindsay Road. Is he telling the truth? Or is he lying? Doesn't matter. I'm still suspicious. Guard is totally up. Let's go on with the text stream. Isaac, Isaac, how did Lindsay get you? Laura helped her. She got me in the street after dinner. Contextual information needed. We all have a mutual friend, Laura Ness. She previously volunteered for Plaid Hat Games, and now she's just a friend with myself, Isaac Vaga, and Lindsay Road. In fact, Isaac is staying at her place because Laura Ness lives in frickin' Philadelphia. Let's go on with more of this assassin interpersonal text message chain. I'll help you since she has her bros and Laura. My response. Well, well, well then. The game is afoot. Did you get to the show yet? I wasn't even thinking about her, so at least I don't have to freak out either of you anymore. Yeah, you can totally relax now. What do you need me to do? Lindsay already left for the day, so we can't get her until tomorrow. Let's meet tomorrow morning. Maybe even for a pre-show breakfast? Okay, sounds good. What hotel are you staying at? Do you just want to do breakfast there, or do you want me to look up a vegan place? Fuck you, Isaac. I'll be damned if I tell you which hotel I'm staying at. A vegan place sounds good. Our hotel doesn't have a restaurant. Total bullshit, by the way. Our hotel absolutely has a restaurant. In fact, I can't think of a hotel in a major city that doesn't have a connected restaurant. At least a buffet. Ah! How much time do we have? You have a booth, right? So you have to be at the show at a certain time? Question mark? The show starts at 10 a.m., so if we have breakfast at 8, then it's doable. I'm going to be totally honest, Isaac. I'm bummed I don't get the satisfaction of slitting your throat. That works for me. We're headed to bed soon. So what hotel are you staying at so I can look at restaurants near there? At this point, I text him nothing. Instead, I go to bed, giving myself some time to think, and I figured I'll just let him sweat it out. I found a couple of places. Let me know where your hotel is, and I'll meet you there in the morning. If the restaurant is far, I'll get us an Uber over to it. So I didn't respond, and then the next morning, it's now Friday, 7 a.m. We still on for breakfast? Yeah, sorry, I totally fell asleep on you. Serious apologies. Anything close to the convention center would be great. Let's meet at your hotel, and we can Uber over to Hip City Veg. It's a vegan place, and it's the one that's supposed to be really good breakfast. Fuck you, Isaac. It is clearly obvious at this point that all you want from me is my hotel. You probably even ask which room I was staying in, you assassin whore! Laura probably can't make it, though. She has to work. Alright, awesome. I'm at the Marriott. Side note, there's two Marriott's. There's the Courtyard Marriott, and it's right across the street from the old regular Marriott. Okay, well, I'll see you there. Let us know when you're headed down. I'll be in the lobby. Wait, 
Do you mean the regular Marriott? Not Marriott Courtyard, right? Yes, the regular Marriott. <laughs> it was actually the courtyard. Okay, I'll be there in a bit. So then what happened? Well, I get over to the Marriott. Once I walk inside, I see there aren't many hiding areas. But what I do see, there's a second floor full of windows that oversees the lobby area. So I head straight up to the second floor through the elevator, and I'm looking down into the lobby waiting for Isaac Vega to show up. After a while, still no Isaac Vega, but then I see my opportunity. Some new hotel guests show up and put their gigantic bags just inside of the entrance, and I think, oh, that is my hiding spot. So I head on down to the first floor, going back to the lobby to take my assassin perch. Who cares that I'd be some stranger hanging out near and potentially inside some stranger's bags? It's really difficult because most of the Marriott lobby is windows, so you can see someone coming from a distance away. So I go from the second floor, which overlooks the lobby, down to the first floor. I take the stairs, but the stairs I go down are employee only, and so there's this big sign that says, if you go through this stairwell exit, an alarm will sound. Damn it. I'm wasting precious time. So I go back up the stairs and then I find the guest stairwell. So I go down that stairwell and I come out and as soon as I come out, who do I see? Laura Ness. And she sees me and she goes, oh, hey. And what is my response when Laura Ness sees me? I simply turn around and run right back up the stairs because I don't know where Isaac is. Ha, ha, ha. Because I figured if there's one thing I might have an advantage on Isaac, it's foot speed. So I run away thinking if he's about to pop out, he can't get me. But as I'm running away, I realize, all right, he's not around. I turn around and so I slowly approach, checking my corners and I ask Laura, hey, where's Isaac? And she smiles at me and says, he's on his way. I'm only here because I'm on my way to work and I figured I would say hi before I have to go to my job. Yeah, right, Laura. I think in my mind and I said, oh, okay, Laura. She says, well, I'm parked outside, so let's go. So now I know she's leading the lamb to the slaughter. And then sure enough, when I look out the window, I see Isaac hiding behind a pillar. So when I walk out there, I see Isaac and... He's like, ah, ah, and I see him, and it's a dumb cats game. Sorry to get you all pumped up about this just to tell you about a cats game. So nothing really happened because we saw each other coming from a mile away. Damn it. This isn't worth mentioning because it's not official, and I totally acquiesce to that. But the next morning, I'm at the convention center, shackled to the booth and Sean has to go to the bathroom and he comes back and he says oh my goodness Isaac's being interviewed on camera he can't move for once Isaac is frozen in place go 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 Sean's sweating like crazy because when he saw Isaac he sprints right to our booth and he's out of breath ah, go get Isaac he's an interview he can't move so quickly I <laughs> run through the crowd 
It's Mission Impossible weaving in and out of people. I see Isaac and sure enough, he's wearing an ugly Christmas sweater. No offense, Isaac. I think you're wearing it ironically, so I don't think I'm offending you by telling you that if I vomited on your sweater, it would have made an improvement. But he's being interviewed and I shimmy through the crowd, get as close as I can, and sure enough, the only person who can't see me is Isaac Vega. The man giving the interview can totally see me. Everyone looking around can see this dude wearing a Tuesday night game shirt sneaking up behind the designer of Dead of Winter and new game Neon Gods. And slowly but surely, but with steady hands, I reach my arm around underneath his line of sight, slit his throat, kiss him on the cheek. And he even says, ah, I was just killed. That was Alan Girding, one of my good friends. <laughs> I know it doesn't count, but I figured it was worth telling because that's a little makeup for how lame it is to share a cat's game. All right. Well, let's go to a live recording that was done in our hotel, the Courtyard Marriott, not the regular Marriott, with myself and Sean, to let you know how our first day went. Well, Tuesday Night Games just finished the first day of PAX Unplugged ever. We weren't sure exactly what to expect, but for the most part, it's been fantastic. I feel that we came really underprepared. Shawnee Boy, a knave, contacted us through email and wanted to volunteer. So that really helped great. Here's my big beef is it stinks when you're at a con from 10 in the morning until 6 in the evening and you pretty much don't get a chance to sit down because we don't have a lot of people at the booth working for us. So if someone wants to play That's Not Lemonade, I'm teaching them that's not lemonade. But good thing I had Sean here, but Sean had his own problems, and I don't think I should explain what Sean's struggles are with this show. I'll let Sean explain what his struggles for this show have been. I sound like this. This is my voice now. Uh, I had a cold three days before the show. I was spending a lot of time with family, so I was around kids a lot. And I was getting over the cold as I flew in, and I was like, oh, that's good. And then last night... Uh, I was really stopped up, and I had a post-nasal drip. I breathed through my mouth all night, and my voice was shot in the morning. And I get there, and it's a con, so everybody's like, oh, your voice is gone the first day. Man, you must have been out crazy. What they don't know is Alan and I stayed in last night and watched God's Zero, the anime, on Netflix all night. So we haven't partied at all. My voice is gone from sheer old man stuff, like not drinking enough water or having soup. So I'm pitching games like, okay, there's a red team and a blue team. Basically useless is what we're saying. <laughs> you even put a little post-it note on your badge. And what did the post-it note say? It says, no voice. And then it says, I know, right? And then under that says, yes or no questions. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. By the way, Gantz, I'm not sure if it's Gantz 0 or Gantz O. I think it's Gantz O because I think it sounds for... Uh, Osaka. Osaka. So what do you think of that movie? We're only halfway through, so if you're hearing this and we haven't finished it, don't spoil it for me. But it's fun. It's super violent. Not violent enough yet, but just the right amount of violent to get me into it. The booby animation is ridiculous. It's like playing Soul Calibur when you're 12. <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about it's very imaginative. We're like Immersive is what I say. I can't help but feel I'm there. I like that, like, 
American shows have to very clearly fit in a genre like this is sci-fi, this is fantasy, and uh, it's obviously very sci-fi-ish, but it's also fantasy, and it's also just fucking weird. What the fuck is going on? I love it. Anyway, this is our anime podcast. (laughs) Hope you like it. This is the future of the Tuesday Night Podcast, all about anime and anime movies, even though it's CGI, which I guess is still anime. That'll be a big topic in the future, is whether CGI can still be anime. Next episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. Well, wish us luck for day two. We basically had Shawnee Boy, our volunteer, come up, and we said, please volunteer as much as you possibly can, please. So he's saving Sean's voice and hopefully my feet tomorrow and Sunday. We'll see. Yeah, he walked up to me at the show, and he was like, hey, what's up, man? I was like, hey. And he was like, do you uh, get email? And I was like, yes. He was like, but do you get email for Tuesday Games? I was like, yeah. And he was like, so you check the email. And I'm like, this guy's a retailer, and he's pissed because I haven't got back to him in like a month. <laughs> and then he was like, um, Shawnee Boy Dingleberry? And I was like, what are you talking about, man? He's like, oh, um, I emailed the wrong guy. <laughs> and then I was like, go ask Alan. I have no idea what you're talking about. He's... He knows my name's Sean, but I don't know his name is Sean. So I'm just going looking at it like, do you really walk up to strangers, ask if they do email, and then just say this string of nonsense words? And then he talks to Alan and it all clears up. But the backstory is he emailed saying, Hey, I'd like to volunteer. Is that possible? And I said, under one condition, you have to walk up to us and say the passphrase, Shawnee boy has jingleberries then we'll know it's you. So he comes up to me and says it. I'm like, Sean, I'm so glad you're here. And he looks at me and shakes his head. Yeah, I just told it to Sean, and he didn't understand. Oh, I'm so sorry. I totally didn't tell Sean McCoy about the passphrase at all. Yeah, so you look like a real dum-dum to me for about five minutes. <laughs> it's like, oh, this guy's crazy. Well, let's see how day two goes. I'm on my way home from PAX Unplugged. It was a great show, we sold out of everything. Got to play Hansy. A lot of people complimented the art. And even the components, so good work, thegamecrafter.com. People enjoyed it. So many people offered money. Can I buy it right now? No, this is simply prototype. Prototype art, prototype cards. Your feedback could be the difference. So, so many great people stopped by the booth. And we really just started doing handsy once we sold out of That's Not Lemonade, once we sold out of Two Rooms and a Boom, once we sold a whole bunch of Penny Arcade pins. That's right, we had Penny Arcade pins. It was TK, the Tuesday night, little mascot guy. If you're watching this podcast, you see his face smiling. That's the artwork. But the show was great. And it wasn't until after we sold out everything that we pulled out Hansy, got a lot of feedback. But what is one of the stories worth of note while being there, besides the Assassin game, is probably the invite I got from Matt Lees and Quentin Smith that joined them on stage. The gents from Shut Up and Sit Down. We played Quentin's own version of Champions of the Wild. What is Champions of the Wild? It's a judge mechanic type game where all of the players get dealt a hand of animals. This hand of animal cards ends up being your animal Olympic team. And there are five events. You had to choose which of these animals was going to compete 
in which event. Now the events were a surprise. So once we were told the event, we would select one of our animals to go for it. And then we'd explain why we think our animal would win. But Quentin's, his twist on the matter was, we only got four animals. The fifth animal, that was ourselves. So Quentin was hosting the game. Matt Lees was playing next to me. Then Jonathan Ying, designer of Bargain Quest, was the fourth player. Actually, I, I was the fourth player, let's be realistic. It was so much fun. I know that they're gonna be posting our playthrough of Champions of the Wild with Quentin Smith's spin on it to their YouTube channel. So I'm sure if you're listening to this, you know who Shut Up and Sit Down are. You probably watch their YouTube shows, maybe you listen to the podcast. Anyway, that was a lot of fun because Sunday, the next day, a lot of people stopped by the booth complimenting the time that they had while watching us live in theater playing Champions of the Wild. I hope you enjoyed this quick little snippet of Pax Unplugged. It's my recommendation that, man, what's going on? A whole bunch of traffic. I got to slow down almost to a halt. This is ridiculous. I got a six-hour drive ahead of me, but I'm feeling jazzed. I'm so excited. There's so many other games I got to play. Got to hang out with Isaac and other friends. Met some new ones. Too many friends to really name. Got to hang out with B-Team Will. Will Anderson was there. Not enough. Not enough. But whew, next convention isn't until friggin' I don't know origins. But we also have Weekend Werewolf, which is a second castle event I was asked to host at Ravenwood Castle. Pretty exciting. It's gonna be Weekend Werewolf. The tickets go on sale, I think, relatively soon. I was told by Jim Reed, the proprietor of Ravenwood Castle, that tickets would go on sale sometime in December. So that event's in March. Then also in May, there's the Boga Gaming Retreat, a whole weekend of gaming it up in a cabin. And I invited a whole bunch of my industry friends and some knaves and some knights to come along. And that's near Akron, Ohio. But we have so many other gaming things to talk about before that time. In fact, next episode is going to be 160. That's crazy. Am I right or is it 170? I don't even know because my brain's mush from all this PAX Unplugged, hanging out with Sick Sean, selling the crap out of games and meeting people and having fun. I'm going to shut up and I hope you tune in next time for the Zero episode. A great launch pad for anyone who's unfamiliar with the podcast. Until then, ha <laughs> ha! I think this episode is going to be finished. Pax Unplugged episode done.